0: Whether it's in 2D, whether it's in CG, whether it's now going to be real-time animation and mocap and whatever, you need to make sure that the technical specs of your series are in sync with the world you're in today, on top of writing a great story.
1: How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to The Licensing Mixtape, a podcast from License Global.
2: Hello and welcome to The Licensing Mixtape podcast. Today I'm talking with Pierre Sissman, chairman and CEO of Cybergroup Studios and Bruno Dumont, VP of Cybergroup Studios. going to be talking about gigantosaurus it's a property an animated show which has been gathering a lot of momentum and when we last spoke on licenseglobal.com we discussed why gigantosaurus worked as a brand it's relatable it's fun features scientifically accurate dino species Uh, but let's talk about the strategy how have you built this animated series from the ground up to become a global brand
0: well you never know if you're going to be lucky enough to build an ip into a global brand but then when you realize that it's catching up with the kids and families, and of course, with your clients broadcasters, because they are the one monitoring the eyeballs, uh, then you have to set up a plan. And it is the same plan all, all of the time. It's making sure that you have a consistent, consistent approach in developing content, new content, and then that you develop merchandise, games, anything that the kids will bring home and that will extend their familiarity with the brand and you know what it starts with usually it used to start with dvds that you could play on your uh, video recorder with books that it would go into you know licensing categories like apparel today it's more than that you know it is a digital presence and it culminates hopefully you know what's going to happen to us uh, as we worked with bruno uh, towards this, even though, you know, we're not going to make a big announcement today. It culminates uh, with a theme park where you can actually experience uh, the dinos.
2: So it starts with good storytelling, is, is what I'm hearing. And then it goes through... All of those natural evolutions of what, like you say, used to be DVDs, and then it moves into licensed goods. At what point did you bring in licensed goods as a program? And what were the key signifiers of success um, that gave you the agency to do so? Bruno, let's start with you on this one.
1: Yeah, uh, as Pierre mentioned, uh, thanks to the the great content that we have, we managed to present Jaguar and to, to key partners at very early stage. And to convince them to, um, to develop some good programs uh, such as Jack Specifics so, or um, our publisher uh, Templar from the Bonnie Group. It's also a matter of um, broadcasting. So we had a worldwide broadcasting for Disney Junior at the very early stage, which enabled us to really uh, present Jagan to, to various um, stake- potential stakeholders. We also develop um, a network of agents to represent Dragon to all over the world. This has been the, the key uh, success at the early stage. And finally, we, we also were present in the major licensing shows, such as um, BLE in London or, or Vegas, to meet our. I mean, all the prospect, all the stakeholders and uh, potential licensees and to present them giganto. Last but not least, uh, we have more and more content coming for different uh, media, as we mentioned on the digital side as well.
2: You go to shows like Beerly, you see all of these rapidly evolving consumer products. There are different ways to engage with kids. Um, as Pierre mentioned earlier, it used to be DVDs. And now you've got so many different facets of streaming and short videos and things like that on YouTube. I mean, how are you evolving your consumer product ranges um, as the brand progresses? And what are the trends that are you looking to capitalize on?
1: In terms of uh, consumer evolving, it's, it's um, the storytelling that you can bring um, from the series to the products and also created additional content with uh, publishing has been a key um, key category to, uh, to lead uh, the consumer product side. And, um, and this is key. I think it's a matter of developing compel- pro- compelling products where the kids can really retrieve um, the magic of the series, the storytelling, the fun, the adventure. Through, uh, through the products, also uh, the richness of the style guide has been is uh, critical here. So allows give the possibility to our licensee to be very creative, and and to um, to uh, really make sure that we can see the gigantic or stories um through the products and various um, opportunity of creativity here under the products.
2: You're in the very business of creativity, which is fantastic. And especially with animation, it really lends itself to an endless stream of possibilities. Uh, So Pierre, tell us about the the business of animation. I mean, what are the key factors uh, that animation brands need to know about uh, when scaling a property for global growth?
0: Well, if you strictly think about animation and what you need to do, I would like to say to Simple World, you need to create amazing content, content that the kids, the families will cherish, that will want to see again and again and again. And that is uh, not an easy thing to do. Uh, you need to work with very talented script writers, designers, animators, and, but that's the basis. You know, I, I, I used to work with Roy Disney, who was my boss, you know, in a different life. And Roy used to tell me story, 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 story. So first you need to make sure, and you said that, that you need to have a good story. Uh, when you want to expand a property like Giganto, um, and, and we are working very hard on that to capitalize on the eyeballs to make sure that the kids are not bored with it, you need to create new stories, uh, maybe new forms of entertainment, uh, visually striking, using different type of animation, whether it is uh, simple animation or like we are currently doing right now complex animation where we're using real-time animation and mocap and we are going to come up with a program called the giganto club uh, which is totally new but the kids will be able to immerse themselves uh, and play with giganto and new dinos uh, so it is about mostly it we have and you said again that at the beginning it's a business of creation and you need to try and try and try uh, again to make sure that you do not bore kids and you have always something new to present because just creating animation for creating animation makes no sense. Compelling stories, compelling animation and extending the reach like Bruno explained earlier to new experiences.
2: To your point earlier, I think there's been no shortage of audience over the last 18 months. We all know why. And it's been a very difficult time for um, storytellers, for content creators, but animation seems to have had something of a lucky break when it comes to being able to operate in in certain lockdown measures I mean what are some of the key changes from the audience side that you saw during and following the pandemic? Uh,
0: If you want to talk about the influence of the pandemic like well we were all home worldwide and it was a little bit different but same changes happened during the um, during the financial crisis in, in in 2009. You know, people don't go out; they don't have money anymore on the financial crisis. Here, they didn't go out for health issues. They stay home. They read. They play. Uh, they watch television. There were two big trends, culturally speaking, during the pandemic. One is absolutely not related to us, but you've seen that the uh, board games from like big companies, the sales have just skyrocketed kind of because people stayed home, played in families. And at the same time uh, watching programs, whether it's a live action series for adults or animation for kids uh, who were working at home, doing their, their, their homework and schoolwork at home and then watching television because they couldn't go out playing the uh, play the street or in the clubs or do sports. So this you know as generated a lot of demand for content and then there has been a change of viewing habit from like let's watch uh, at a specific time uh, of the day an episode of this an episode of that you know i mean people have been talking about like binge watching for uh, adult series and i think it's influencing the way kids families and people watch and consume content and you've got to be very very careful with kids that they do not become prisoners of the screen. But the fact of the matter is that there has been uh, increased demand of content for kids and families who, by the way, wanted like they were doing on board games, spend some time together and watch stuff together. In the case of Giganto, this has pushed us to create uh, additional content experiences like a lot of songs where you could dance to uh, the Giganto Club, which is going to premiere soon, where, which you can share and play uh, all together with the family. So, And we pushed the imagination boundaries very far to create stuff that was not just like another adventure. And that is probably the result, part of the result of the pandemic, which, by the way, you know, everybody wished
2: it would never have happened. Well of course, I think that's that's a global sentiment but you are right and it's it's that struggle of balancing not boring kids and not over capturing their time. Um, and it's it's a tough line to walk, but it seems to me that you've walked it very well. Bruno, on your side, what are you seeing change in terms of licensed product demand or at least brand engagement um, from what we can only really describe as the start of the end of the lockdown and pandemic measures?
1: During the lockdown, the major issue was to access to our partners and to give to give them appropriate port. Uh, so things are changing completely in terms of uh, access to the market. But as Pierre mentioned with Jay we had a great content by different media. I mean, different content between television, uh, Netflix, YouTube, um, some uh, video game, publishing, music, and uh, social network, even DVD in some markets. So uh, for each media, we had specific content with specific stories and, uh, and access to our consumer, which has been very helpful to, um, to convince our licenses to develop products and also to try to um, to get access to the retail, as I mentioned, the other point is um, we focus more on uh, digital retail. Um, working with Amazon, we created Amazon stores in various markets um, because that's the major change. It was uh, initial initiated before the pandemic, but it was reemphasized really during uh, during the pandemic, and it's still a uh, changing in um, in ac- in access to the consumer for the product side.
0: One thing I want to st- to add to, uh, and thank you Bruno for mentioning this, one thing I want to add to that last statement. We created Adma- Amazon stores and we're still doing some more, but we have like Amazon stores, you know, a little bit everywhere in Europe, whether it's France, Italy, in the US, in the UK. Uh, we're going to create them overseas in Asia and also Latin America. And one of the reasons we did this uh, was also to help uh, our licensees and our agents, because uh, you know, with the, even with with retailers reopening a little bit everywhere, sometimes it is very very difficult uh, uh, to find some uh, uh, some consumer goods, and and so it's difficult for licensees to sell. So we took it upon ourselves that it's normal because we are the brand owners uh, to create Amazon stores where a, a global gathering of offers could be found or a global gathering of products could be offered so that, you know, kids, families would eventually either buy on Amazon and that would be good for our licensees or say, oh, that exists and I have a store next door I can go to because we are very much attached traditional retailers as well with whom we do operations all the time in various markets. So that is a big change that would never have happened like five, six years ago. And I would say it's due to the pandemic. The pandemic pushed us to do this.
2: Well, it's, it's not only pandemic challenges and obstacles, but it takes a fair amount of expertise and experience to not only help licensees by putting your brand in the right platforms, but you know it takes a well, it takes a lot of experience, and that was a very smart thing to do. Um, and this leads me to the next section of the podcast, where we're trying something a little bit new on the licensing mixtape, and we want to learn directly from that expertise. So, I mean, let's talk about your time at Cyber Group uh, and what lessons we can gain. What are some of your biggest lessons from a career in animation, licensing, and consumer goods, Pierre? Let's start with you. You said you had some incredible. Uh, influences over the years?
0: Uh, well, let's put it this way. I, you know, I, I'm an old guy for for animation licensing. You know, my career started at, in, in music, but then I joined Disney and I became president of consumer products for Disney in the 90s, where consumer products were developing. So, so at that time, you know, we were sort of like inventing our models. And obviously a lot of time has, has passed between the 90s and today But there are some key characteristics that still remain. You have to work hand in hand with the retailers. You have to help your licensees all the time. You have to create products. You have to help creating products at a very early stage. In other words, today, for instance, what we apply at Cyber Group Studios with Bruno, Bruno works with the production department. We We create licensing guides and even characters in our shows at the beginning of writing so that uh, so that when the show comes on the market and, you know, it takes some time to uh, go to to, to, uh, to fairs, have licensees, uh, uh, work by categories and have the product released, you know, most, most of the time a year after the, the, the series has been on air. But we work three years before that at the inception of the series because we want to make sure that one, we're not going to be late. I mean, you don't create a style guide once you finish the series. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So we start at the beginning. And then we look, like we did with, you know, specifically on Giganto with this name Jax, at what could be in the show that would enhance the show, but would eventually be good for creating stories, whether it's books, whether it's toys, whether it's whatever. So it is a triangle between you as a producer, the broadcaster who's your client, and uh, the licensing agents and the licensees. Who are, who are your partners up to the retailers that we've been discussing up front a long time ago, for instance, in, in the US with Walmart or with Target, And they were telling us we would need this in terms of exposure. Why don't we do shorts? Why don't we do songs? Because etc. etc. et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. So it is, you know, you put up a calendar at the beginning, but you start at the beginning. The minute your series is signed, that's when you start working. And most people actually, well, did not understand that until very, very recently. And hopefully, you know, that's one of the questions I'm getting all the time. So how are you guys doing? So, well, we start everything at the same time. And it it is very sequential.
2: Well, I think that takes an an incredible understanding of what audiences and kids are going to want further down the line. Like you say, you design in to the story what will eventually end up at retail many years in the future. and Bruno, moving to you. I mean, what are some of the, the the lessons in consumer goods that you've seen in licensing that have really kind of helped shape Giganto?
1: Point is that it's it's a real partnership between um, the the licensees, the, even the retailers, the agent, and and also us, and internally between the licensing department and the studio. You know, it's it's important that we really also understand the requirement on the licensee how we can integrate our brand to their brand and for it's kind of co-branding and and integrate uh, Giganto into their own range to be stronger at retail and to offer a wider um, range to uh, to the to the consumers so that they are part of the game um, it, it's, it's not a matter of signing a deal it's really to develop a joint story uh, it's really a story between the development of the products until you, know, you, you, you market the products on the market. And that, that's very critical. And we, we did also the same thing with our agents. They are very involved uh, in, in, in this process and, and we communicate all together. So it's a strong partnership amongst us. So
2: I'd be interested to know uh, from your position, Bruno, whether or not it's a, a work of your agents work from cyber group studios or work from across the brand ownership um sector i mean what are some of the examples that you've seen in recent memory of licensing and consumer products or even collaboration done right i mean what have what have been some of the real standout examples for you
1: uh, you know i i spent more than 16 years at disney consumer products uh, so as well and, and uh so i saw a lot of great examples and and uh, as Pierre mentioned i think uh, the disney really created the, the business model and and the the major standards of uh, of the licensing we we see a lot of things coming on the market right now with uh, lifestyle with sports under the licensing business uh, in addition to um, to the the, the kids uh, and animation licensing i think there are a lot of example right now there is no one single point, the, the thing I would say is that the success is not uh, written. There is no recipe. It's just a matter of making sure that everybody is, is playing is the game. As I mentioned, the partnership between uh, the studio, the, the licensing people, the agent, the, 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 the licensees and the retailers um, to make sure they have the more compelling products and uh, seeing an appropriate time. And with um, the appropriate speed, Giganto would be the one you know, of the best examples for the coming years, and <laughs> that's my target. Thank you. <laughs>
2: of course, but it seems like you've definitely got partnership at the heart of what you're doing with Cyber Group Studios, um, especially when it comes to protecting licensees and giving them a platform to help support them on Amazon. And I think that's a really nice touch. Pierre, I mean, what about your time running the animation brand? I mean, how have you seen the world change from terrestrial television to streaming? Um, and what are some of the key lessons for people in the animation world to to learn from that?
0: it's It's an interesting question. I would say I, I would say two things. It's you do more of the more of the same, but the world is changing. You know Potter wrote a lot of books about like change is good and and change is good. and i've seen I've seen changes all the time over the last thirty years, you know, from videotapes to DVDs, from DVDs to streaming, from Uh, public television terrestrial television to cable television and now streaming so but the one thing that remains is that content is king and the content that you create has to be able to be transported on all sorts of platform and has to generate to be successful the same enthusiasm so it boils down to you have to create the best content and of course you uh, you consume content in a different way, so you have to make sure that the content you create is how can I say this in English is manageable to be exploited under different forms. And if that piece of content is not, then the brand must be, and you create additional pieces of content. And let me explain. For instance, you know, in the eighties, people say, "Oh, it's half hours." Everybody talks about half hours. Like you go, you know, you go. Uh, Half hour is a generic name. Nobody does half hours anymore. They do 22 minutes and they call it half hours for commercial half hours, or they do 11 minutes. So you adapt your content, but it's the content has to be adapted to the format. So that's one of the big changes I've seen, uh, creating multiple content on your brand to be able to make sure it's exploited properly for in, your, in our market, which are, uh, which are the kids and families. I would also say create faster. Create faster because that's one of the big trends uh, we have seen with the uh, number of channels, networks, cable networks, platforms being created. You know, in the past, you would say, Oh, I have this in the catalog, and people were happy to see this again, those episodes. But now there's so much new content that catalog have like not uh, disappeared, but it's more like, Oh, you remember when, but uh, look at this new thing which is coming up on. Disney Plus, on Netflix, on Rai, on count on BBC, on IT, whatever, the new content all the time. So if you want to have a very strong brand and if you think your brand is going to uh, uh, get like viewers eyeballs and, 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 and you think that the kids love your brand, then you need to create and you need to create fast. You need to create well. I mean, there must be no compromise on quality. Uh, of of writing, of quality of image, but you need to create very fast and to create a lot. And the other thing I want to say is that, you know, the CG was a revolution in the mid nineties. You know, when I was at Disney uh, and we were working on Pocahontas and Lion King, one day I received received the tape of Toy Story and I was told you've got to distribute this in Europe and we did not understand what it was. And then CG came and when we created and it was a giant hit. And then when we created Cyber Group Studios, the first series, which was a Penguin series called The Aussie Boos, which actually got a prize at Kids Cream, uh, we did CG. And everybody in the world was telling us, "Ah, oh, this is ridiculous. You do preschool series in 2D. And you know what? It was one of the first worldwide preschool series that went all over the place, won multiple awards, and it was in CG. So you need to make sure that what you create is in sync of what... of of the world you're in today. You know, when when kids go to the the movies and they see an incredible whatever, Pixar, Disney, Fox, whatever movie with incredible animation, and they come back and they watch television, what primes is the writing and the characters and the heroes. Uh, But you've got to make sure that your image is challenging enough to to the movie theaters because otherwise, you know, it does not happen. And everything you look at, all the big series have that, whether it's in 2D, whether it's in CG, whether it's now going to be real-time animation and mocap and whatever, you need to make sure that the technical specs of your series are in sync
2: with the world you're in today. But that is on top of writing a great story that is the core of everything strong narratives strong characters you factor in all the different platforms you know netflix disney plus avod you're meeting the audience where they are but that, that's fascinating i mean i just to jump to back to cyber group studios i mean what i'd love to know is what you're hoping to achieve uh, for the future of cyber group studios and you know how you're going to achieve it yeah you know, when we when we created Cyber Group Studios, it was
0: with a couple of friends so 15 years ago. It was based on a dream to create content that would unite kids and families around the world uh, and then we would make a living out of it, which was basically the two mantras we developed. You know, it's like some people say, oh, I'm going to do this this series and this company and and then we're going to do plush and we're going to be rich. (laughs) We said, "Ah, forget this. You know, everybody was coming with an idea like this. We would throw out. We said, okay, you know, what we have done is try to make something that will make a living for our families, but we wanted to pursue a dream, which was to create for kids and families so that there would be it's not a learning experience, but more a moment of peace, uh, happiness together. So that is the primary goal of, of, of Cyber group studios, creating great content that kids and families will enjoy uh, around the world. That is something i brought with me from my past uh, in the music industry and, and, and at Disney, uh, which is give you know, a moment of happiness. Now, if you go at the future with, like the future of a company, well, you know, especially in, in our world today, uh, companies either grow, Or they die. So of course, we hope that Cyber Group Studios will continue to grow to create even better content. And the one thing which is different uh, from even like 10 or 15 years ago when we created the company is that today, uh, with you know digitalization, with instant transmission, with the SVOT platforms around the world, your content is accessible all over the world, and you can find creators all over the world. So we have started to develop relationships uh in different countries with uh, creators animators writers to create content which uh and i'll tell you something you know which goes from local to regional to global and goes back to regional so that we can tailor our content uh you know to specific people specific regions uh you know i'd love to do something for underprivileged we're working right now on on a series for uh, which has an immense amount of diversity into it, uh, which addresses things that have not been addressed in animation before. That is the power that animation gives you. You know, you can create about anything you want. And today, the world is shaped in such a way that uh, you have the flexibility to do it, and even even create if you have the money to do it. Create and broadcast directly to your consumers. Uh, on the on the social networks, which you could not do before, because you you know it's mostly a B two B business, whether it's licensing or or create creation creating a feature film that you've got to go to the theaters. Today you have the option of spending your own money and creating and putting that at disposal of, of the final consumer. So Cyber Group Studios is going throughout through all those directions. You know we uh, we're already into the in in the U S with with. Um, with our company, which is run by Karen Miller, who's a former senior VP at Disney. We are going to be announcing soon um, other localizations. I can't say more right now, but we'll be in many, many different countries. And that gives us an opportunity to have talent work together to create more content, even in areas that we can't even think of today. To me, creation has no limits. Now, if you talk specifically about licensing and and extending the brand, there are things that we will create that there is no licensing extension, but there are things that we will create, whether it's in sports, whether it's in uh, adult animation, or whether it's in kids animation like Giganto, where yes, it has ancillary businesses attached to it. It's a question of balancing what is good for your business model so that you can continue creating because at the base of everything, cyber group studios role is to create for the world and so that we have fun and make and and make a living and that's very simple
2: well i think one of the most amazing things for me is that i didn't know that that was the defining ethos 15 years ago uh behind cyber group studios and it's exciting now understanding that seeing all of the different things that you're working on and how they all link together and i think it's a really nice way of building you know your audience into a community working on different platforms and different stories and different things that you can't announce yet. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for today. I know you both are very, very busy, but I just wanted to say thank you very, very much for joining me on the licensing mixtape. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so
0: much, Ben. It was a pleasure talking to you from Paris, from a more, more or less confined Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Deconfined, deconfined soon so that we can meet, uh, in uh in real time. Brand licensing Europe yeah.
1: is that moment. Th- thank you, Ben, and we'll meet in London uh, during the deal. Absolutely, we will.
2: And thank you to all of our listeners. And please make sure that like, share, subscribe on any podcast platform that you found us on. Um, and in the meantime, check out licenseglobal.com for breaking news, interviews, insights, trend analysis, and much, much more. Also, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all of the socials. Uh until next time, Bruno Pierre, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Bye-bye. Bye Bye.